Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back. It's what we've all been waiting for. It is the Sift Spoil for Star Wars The Last Jedi. Now we can talk specifics, Andrew. Yep. All the things we loved and hated. Uh, we can actually argue about specific stuff. Yeah. That's actually not what I'm necessarily looking forward to. But it is It is always great to hear another perspective. And I know we've had conversations that have gone both ways where you've changed my mind on something. Like you've you've enlightened me to kind of your perspective in a way that goes, you know what? I wasn't looking at that quite the right way. And You've I think done that's, the same thing for yeah, me. Yeah, I think I that's happened both ways. So yeah. I, I really do enjoy these conversations. Uh, a few notes before we get into the nitty-gritty. Uh, number one, if you have not watched Star Wars The Last Jedi, leave. We do not want you here. It is, legally recommended. It, it is legally recommended. There <laughs> <laughs> you go. Um, we, it is that scene in the, the movie where we're releasing you to the wild and we're telling you we hate you because we don't want you to stay. You're better off away from here. So. Yeah. Uh, go away. We don't want you here. Uh, there's a couple of reasons for that. Number one, uh, obviously, we're going to talk about a lot of spoilers, and we don't want to ruin the movie experience. Also, we don't necessarily explain everything because we're assuming everybody who is listening has seen the movie. Yeah. So things that you know you may be a little confused about when we're jumping around. Yeah, from yeah we plot don't go points. chronologically. Yeah, we don't often go chronologically. We just kind of hit stuff uh, that we want to to do. So. Uh, we are actually live during spoilers for the first time, so this could be interesting. Uh, Nicholas says, we're going to call this the L- Leia Shouldn't Fly in Space special. <laughs> I hated that more than any other part of this movie. I was so furious at that part. Oh, well, I- I'm trying to figure out why that why that is making people so she angry. She should have been dead. But so should other characters in Star Wars that you know haven't ended up dying. You know what I mean? Like... Anakin should have been dead. He was in lava, man. Yeah, he should have been dead. <laughs> well, I know that's what I'm saying. So he that doesn't not... mean that I don't hate that part of the movie. Oh, okay. I, I I don't give Anakin falling in lava and you know getting burnt a pass. No. Okay. He should have. He should have been dead. That's not how you make a Darth Vader. <laughs> that's not how you make. But I have never 
been more furious at a part in a movie or in a Star Wars movie really? than watching Leia float around in space. All right, here's my experience with that with that moment. Yeah. Uh, that moment where the spaceship is shot. By the way, there's this incredible moment right before that moment that where, I thought was amazing, where Kylo decides not to kill his mom. Yeah, which whoo, that was powerful. Uh, so he so somebody else shoots up their ship, explodes the control room. They all get thrown out into space. She kind of, you know, freezes in space or whatever. And yeah. then she, you see her eye open and she uses the force to pull herself back to the spaceship and they let her in and they put her in recovery. <sighs> so as I'm watching that scene, I'm like, I, I'm fine. It doesn't bother me that much. Like, this is a movie about magical, mystical Jedis and their force powers. Like, it's okay. Like, they can do things that aren't real. But as soon as as soon as her eye opened, I was like, oh, people are going to hate this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, not necessarily one of them, but people are really going to hate this. I hated that more than any part of this movie. That and that's the warning I was I'm trying to give some people is there are actually several moments like that that I think could be hateable moments. I think you actually liked one of them, which was when uh, Poe Dameron is joking with Hux. Yeah. I'm holding for Hux. Holding for that Hux. That was so funny. So, so holding for Hux is another one. Hashtag that I, holding for Hux. <laughs> that I think, I think a lot of people, and I have heard some people saying that's too much. It's over the top. It's ridiculous. I, I really like that. Now, my question is, why does Hux look so different than what he did in A New Hope? Really? Oh my goodness, he looks so different. He's got weird, funky eyebrows now. He's A New Hope. Uh, and, and, and oh, okay, uh, you just and, uh, yeah, sorry. Force Awakens? Uh, Force Awakens, oh, Okay, yeah. all right, he all right. He looks so I different. Like, I don't remember Hux in New Hope at all. Yeah. Little did you know <laughs> that, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dom, Donald Gleason? Don, Donald Gleason was, is actually in his mid-60s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. He just holds it very well. Oh, man. People messing with Hux in this movie was so, one of my favorite running gags. Yeah. <laughs> like, Poor Hux. No, it's such a perfect thing for that character, you know, yeah. to, to have to deal with that stuff. The fall guy. Um, so that is another moment I've heard. Um, the the moment where uh, Luke throws the, sky, uh, the, the lightsaber over his shoulder is another moment that people really disconnect from. I like that. Um, I, I did, too. I thought, I thought that was it. Just the movie <laughs> is full of those moments. That give you uh, the moment when Chewie was getting ready to eat a porg. The, porg, the porgs are okay. I thought I was going to be annoyed by the porgs. They're great though, right? They're they are so adorable. Yeah, and they weren't overused. That no, was what I, I was really afraid of. Yeah. That they were going to become a running gag throughout the movie, and they were rarely used. But when they were used, they were great. Like whenever they're pecking at the lightsaber and one's uh -huh. looking down the barrel, <laughs> like oh, these guys are going to be cool. Yeah, uh, so, you know, that, that moment is mentioned. Um, man, there's a lot to really get to uh, in this movie. But, yeah, I think the lay in space is going to be a big deal for, for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, also, uh, here, here, do you remember I said the Hollywood propaganda thing? Yeah, sure, let's go there first. Yeah. So, um, or second or whatever. Whenever uh, Finn and Rose go to that uh, casino planet... Right, let's talk about that. Yeah, I didn't like that part at all. Is that the part you think was political? Yeah, what because... Was, what was the political message? So there's there's several of them in there. There's one where... I mean, there's where, animal abuse is certainly touched yeah, on. The animal abuse was kind of... But it was more of uh, this hierarchy of a society making its... Uh, wealth and power off of war and stuff. And it was sure. very, very, you know, the way I uh, read it was really t uh, speaking to the Did current you find administration. It preachy? You found it preachy? 
preachy and oh, see, I didn't at all because I see Hollywood to its own detriment now. They don't get that you know everybody speaking out against something that they hate is just making them love it more because it's so annoying. They don't get that. Um, and I don't know. I, I felt like that. Uh, there's a lot to talk about with the Finn and Rose go to the gambling planet section of this movie. And also, I just um, didn't like that. Part right. And a lot of people don't. I think I'm in the minority on this as probably being a defender of that section of the movie. But uh, I did not I did not even consider that to be an overt political message. Um, I think when uh, Benicio del Toro's character. He does. Uh, he does the the picture like, oh, there's X wings and Tie Fighters. Exactly. That, that too. I'm like, oh god. Well, that was the only part uh, where I can kind of see what you're saying. But even that part, I felt like was, I mean, was true. Like there's a there's a lot of truth to the idea that when people are guided by money, they're not they're not keeping in mind morals. It's not that they're e- purposely being evil. They're yeah. being greedy, and there's a there's a difference there, and I thought that was a very valid point for him to make, and it's also part of like again the subversion I think Ryan is doing with these movies, uh, or with this movie is you know kind of making it about something bigger, uh, and it and by bigger I mean smaller, <laughs> which is interesting. Yeah. He's really making it about something common as opposed to something fantastical, mm-hmm. uh, which I found very interesting. Um, so the, you know, as far as the, you know, the animal cruelty and the, you know, the, almost the, um, cause you look at, uh, I, I think what it's meant to represent is kind of like the Bahamas or something like that, where you have all these casinos and all this wealth, but then you walk three blocks and it's like poverty. Yeah. Rio. Uh, Rio's yeah. yeah. Rio's another great, probably the better example is Rio. Yeah. Um, so I think it's supposed to, to represent that kind of thing. And I think it's valuable to kind of understand in, in their universe what that's like. Yeah. Um, so that, the political part of it, uh, didn't bother me. There was a little more, uh, CG in that section that that was, I can see how that would annoy some people. And and maybe that's worth docking a few points on. Uh, a lot, a lot of people dock it just because they think it's unnecessary. It was an unnecessary part of the plot. That's where I land. I, it was totally unnecessary. It led nowhere, and it added time to the movie that could have been spent more developing the characters we already know and love, and focusing more on. Okay, here's here's, here's another major. But okay, here, go ahead. But here's the thing. I'm not done talking about the, this this plot line because I think it may be the most valuable part of the movie to the overall theme that they're going for. At the end of the movie, uh, I had a uh, drama teacher uh, mention this to me earlier. It's never, it's like stuck with me my whole life. If you want to know what a movie is really about, watch the last scene. A director will always leave you with the thing they find. I shouldn't say always, but you know what? They're going to leave you with something they find very important. Yeah. This movie ends with a a force sensitive child on that planet uh, looking at his new rebel signet ring and having hope. This is a movie about hope in desperation right yeah without them going to that planet they went to that planet do you remember do you remember why they went to that planet yeah they had to find the key guy they had to find the key guy so that they could get in the the ship and how'd that all work out it didn't work out it didn't work out at all right that's the point but what he's saying is they went there to do one thing but they may have actually saved the universe in a totally different way they went there to find this key guy and go do this thing, which is a typical Star Wars thing where you know you have a task to accomplish and then it gets you on the ship and then you know things, good things happen. And that all failed. But what they didn't realize is just by being kind and being nice and having this you know impact with these kids, you, you know you see the kids telling the stories and then getting excited and looking up, that they were spreading hope. 
And that's what this movie is about. It's about understanding that that hope is in how we treat each other. Hope is in how we love each other. So that became the key mission of the movie, even though it wasn't even what they were trying to do. So I don't know. There's something really beautiful about that segment of the movie for me. No, I do get that. It's just overshadowed by, I think, a good 25 minutes. Like the main intention behind it, I appreciate. The execution is where I am. Sure. In not appreciating it as much. Yeah. And also another subversion, uh, and I'll keep talking about these, another subversion of this thing was in a typical Star Wars movie or movie like it, you would expect Benicio Del Toro's character to make a Ex Machina type comeback at some point and have redemption. Yeah, he doesn't. And he doesn't. And I really did expect him to, like, oh, okay, when's he going to come back exactly. and save the day? And, and he never did. He never did. Because again, <laughs> Ryan Johnson is subverting all of that stuff. Yeah. So, you know. And that's what I was talking about in the podcast proper whenever I said that this movie is bold in the choices it's make to its own detriment in some points, where he's saying, I don't care if this has ever been a cliche, there will be no cliches in this right. movie. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, there are parts of it I'm like, well, maybe some of those cliches were what we really appreciated right. no, I about know. Star Wars. I know. There's, cliches are nice and warm and comfortable and, the, you know, they're cliches for a reason, right? You yeah. know? So, no, I, I totally understand what you're saying and I and I, I get that perspective. Yeah. Um, also mentioned in the chat, and we'll just kind of, you know, if you've got stuff you want us to talk about in the chat, feel free to throw it out there. Uh, is the idea that we, you know, we learn about Ray's parentage, which I believe is accurate information in this movie. Yeah, uh, that she just—it's—it's it's not important. Yeah, she she has uh, bum parents that yeah. left her. Yeah, exactly. You think that it's going to be the whole Luke is her father? So, nope, she's got or, bum parents. Or Kylo and her brother and sister—they even kind of play with that a little bit yeah. in the same way that you know Luke and Leia had force connections. Kylo and Ray have force connections mm-hmm. in this movie. But at the end of the day, in such a powerful moment when Kylo and her are having. That whole scene, which I just, man, I just love that whole Kylo versus Rey versus Snoke scene. Um, Okay, let's talk about the battle with the Knights of Ren. Okay. It's probably the coolest scene of this movie. Easily the coolest scene of this movie. Tell me what you mean. I'm not sure I know what you mean by that. The Knights of Ren are the guys in the red armor. Oh, okay, in Snoke's chamber. Yeah, in Snoke's Snoke's chamber. Okay, before before we get there, though, let me finish my thought here with, with Rey. Yeah. Which is, again, Ryan Johnson subverting that character to go, look. This question that you have been debating nonstop and having ideas about and, you know, this idea of, of who is Snoke, who is who uh. is Ray's parents, and he just goes, eh. you're asking the wrong questions. I, those are not questions that are important to the humanity of the story. Those are, those are important to, you know, like dramatic moments, those kind of things, but I want to tell a human story. It's just a really interesting decision on his part. Never thought of it from that perspective, and now that I'm thinking about it, I understand, and I'm actually appreciating it a little bit more, but I was really upset about the death of Snoke. I'm like, mm-hmm. but I don't know anything about him. Why did I not get to understand his intentions, his motivations? But now that I see now from you saying that, I'm like, okay, now I understand what he was trying to say with that because I didn't before. Right. But I was actually really furious. I'm like, you've been building up Snoke as this, you know, and I'm going to go off on another tangent. Sure, sure, like, go ahead. You know how I said breaking rules and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Here's where the movie broke rules for me. So whenever Snoke is binding the minds of Kylo Ren and Rey, and they can actually like the... see each other. Okay, yeah, yeah. And they're like, can you actually see me? He's like, yeah, I can see you. I'm like, oh, yeah, the Force, it, it, it's never done that before. I don't like that you're introducing new aspects of the Force 
like this. And if Sm- Snoke has but didn't that, didn't Luke and Leia have that a little bit? No, they could they could sense each other, like they sure. could hear each other. Yeah, and like Vader could talk to Luke, you know, but mm-hmm. they could never see each other. But why are and you opposed it, to adding new elements to the Force? I mean, it's what if the Force is changing? I mean, look, the title of the the JJ's movie was The Force Awakens. Like it's you know it's starting to to grow and become you know something new. Uh, I don't know, but the, another part of that is uh, whenever a wave hits Ray, uh, all of a sudden Kylo Ren is all wet. Are you telling me that the <laughs> that the Force can transcend sure. material across the universe? I that made me really mad. I'm like, uh, no, it's never done that before. So if the Force has never done something before, don't just subtly, you know, put it out there that oh. What, and it also made me think that after it was revealed that Snoke was the one doing that. He is now officially one of the most powerful force wielders I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Are you telling me he can't sense that Kylo Ren is twisting that lightsaber towards him? I am telling you that, and I'll tell you why I bought it. I bought it because Kylo is level upon level upon level of conflicted, and he is so conflicted that I think anybody trying to see into him or understand him is going to be clouded on some level. Ray's clouded in her views about him. She thinks she knows that he wants to be good in the same same way that Snoke was conflict. You know, thinks he knows he's going to be you know the biggest villain. And Kylo at every moment is going, I have no clue who I am or what I want to be. Yeah. Um. And he is just he's a petulant, you know, child in many ways. And so yeah, I, I do think there is an argument to be made for Snoke not being able to realize that. Okay. Um, another issue I had is, uh, I would, I did you love that moment though? Even setting aside like Snoke should have known, like, did you think that the death of Snoke was cool? It was cool. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Because you know, it flies toward it and then Ray grabs it. Oh, "Oh, that was, that was pretty sweet. So awesome. And then, and then going into the Knights of Ren fight. Yeah. That was probably the coolest part of the movie where I am just pumped up to see a super awesome lightsaber battle with a bunch of people, which we yeah. have not seen since the prequels. Yeah. And uh, I love the finish, too, where. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, uh, pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, Another. Also, did, how also, do you feel about Luke? Uh, also, one more thing about that, that battle sequence. Yeah. It's also a story sequence that turns us twice in a very short amount of time with Kylo's stuff. You think that Kylo is going to be the savior now. And, I, and then immediately it's subverted again where, yeah. you know, he's like, no, I, I just wanted to be the biggest bad guy. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, what? Yeah. It's, I mean, it's just, I just, I loved that. So I thought that was brilliant. That was, one and of then, my, that was my favorite part of the movie. Not just the the Ren fight. I'm, I'm culminating all that. Like, right. oh, Kylo's going to be the good guy now. Oh, and then they're force fighting for the lightsaber, and it breaks in half and knocks yeah. them both out. Like, oh, yeah, some iconic shots in that too, especially mm-hmm. that that lightsaber force fight. So there are a couple more moments that we just yeah. brought up that I just want to throw out there as other goofy moments that people did disconnect from, and I wanted your your thought. One was um, her telling Kylo to put a shirt on when they I were hated forced. That. Okay, so I, I wondered that. about that one. Uh, the other did one. He, this gonna. Oh, sorry if this is inappropriate. Did he have nipples? <laughs> it looked like he didn't have nipples. <laughs> Maybe, maybe the that's one the force power we don't know about. Yeah, is it allows like, you to hide your nipples. I'm like, that go man f- doesn't have nipples. Maybe he go full Kindle. <laughs> yeah, you know? he, he was pure Kindle there. And like, please put a shirt on. Like, are you really just uh, emasculating, like sexualizing Kylo Ren right now? That's all this shot is. I didn't feel like it was that. I felt like it was meant for the humor of it. Um, 
but unnecessary, totally unnecessary. Okay. Yeah. The other one that was br- briefly brought up that I want to check in with, or it wasn't brought up, but it was in that same, you know, uh, Kylo, Ren, uh, Snoke, Ray situation mm-hmm. was when Ray uh, force pulls the lightsaber, but it's really Snoke just spinning it around or bonking oh, her his, in the head yeah. and, and bringing it back to himself. Yeah. Was that over the? Was that too much or was that funny? I like it because it shows that Snoke at that moment is totally in control. Right. Yeah. He is the master of that room. Yeah. Man, there's so many moments in this. Okay, continue on. Let's talk about Luke. Is where you wanted to go next. Um, there were parts of this movie I really liked Luke, and then there were parts of this movie I'm like, oh, really? You are ruining Luke right now. Okay. Uh, uh some examples of when I thought they were lo- ruining Luke is that whole montage of how he survives on the island by milking that one's sealed giraffe thing and then whenever he uses that 27 meter long pole to like yeah stab a fish the javelin pole vault scene and how he lives with a whole bunch of nun frogs and <laughs> that's great that moment I, I didn't like it just like that are moment you where on? she where she like blows like i think does she lightsaber or something a rock out and knocks that nun frogs card no, out i'm not gonna that lie was I, hilarious. I laughed more at that part than any other <laughs> of the movie because she's always messing accidentally with those frog nuns. Oh my goodness, this is but so at funny. at the same time, I'm like, oh, I don't like the, that he lives on Jim Henson's Gola Gola Island. I really <laughs> don't like this. Because I was I was a fan of him living in solitude, uh-huh. that he was the only one on that island. But now can, I we, find, can we call them am- amphibonuns? Amphibonuns, yeah, I like that, <laughs> amphibonuns. And porgs, I would have been okay with the porgs, because, you know, there's itty-bitty flying little sure. gerbil things that are freaking adorable i want one as a pet really bad um but um i also forgot chewy was on the island yeah yeah i totally forgot that he was the one that dropped ray off and then whenever he blasted that door open i'm like what is Chew? oh yeah right yeah um so what so what did you like or not like about his luke's story arc because obviously we find luke in a place where he has turned his back on everything that the jedi means like he's like i don't uh, this this does no good to have I'll this order of Jedi. I'll tell you the exact moment. Yoda. When Yoda shows up and Luke's doing the whole, well, no, I didn't read the books. Of course I didn't read the books. I hated that. I hated it so much whenever they, un, for no other reason than for fan service, brought Yoda back just to have Oh, a, I think Luke needed Yoda at that moment. I, he uh, needed his, he needed that. And I, here's what I love about Yoda. Yoda is the Yoda of old in this movie. Like he is yeah. just a little character. Like he's. I do like how they use the original Jim Henson mm-hmm. puppet. Yeah, and he's also he's he's more impish. He's more like prankstery. You yeah. know, it, it just I felt like in the prequels and those kind of he was just all of a sudden became like sage. And I was like, that's not Yoda was like uh, like a an old prankster. You yeah. know. So I liked that, you know, after Luke doesn't have the ability to burn down the the Jedi monument. He just does it. Yoda just does it. Because the books weren't even in there. Right. They weren't. And it alludes to that a a little bit later. But here's what I love about that whole thing. And it probably connected me on a very different level than it would ever connect with you or maybe other people. Mm -hmm. Coming from a very religious background, there's there's a constant battle in any religion between what it really means to someone and the rules of it. So I I never had thought about the fact that the Jedi religion would have that same problem that like Christianity had or whatever, where it all of a sudden became about the legalism of it, the rules of it, instead of understanding 
the heart of it, which was, you know, what this guy Jesus did and what that means to your life if, you know, when you believe that or follow that, it yeah. becomes about, well, here's all the rules you have to follow and here's all the things. And I felt like the movie was saying, even with the Jedi, that that's the lesson Luke had to learn from Yoda in that moment was it's not about the books and the rules and the monuments. It's about what balancing the force means. It's about what it means to have light and dark, you know, and balance yeah. in the universe. So it kind of connected me in, to me in an interesting level in that moment. Uh, sticking with Luke, there's two other things I want to talk about. One is the end of the movie, obviously, but another is uh, the the discovery for the audience of why Kylo Ren turned. Yeah, it's almost uh, it's told to us three different times in yeah. three different ways. I loved that. I did too. I really appreciated that because it made Luke. Luke has always been the infallible light for the force. And he has one moment of unclarity and the consequences for that are obviously universally detrimental Yeah, of where it leads Kylo Ren on a path of, I saw dark in him and I thought I could end it. Then I realized I was wrong. But from Kylo's perspective, it looked all like he was see, coming to kill him. He yeah. looked like he was coming to kill him. And what does Kylo Ren do? He, he burns down that entire temple and yeah. he takes the Knights of Ren with him. That's that's the Knights of Ren. Mm -hmm. Those were the other Jedi that were Luke's uh uh Oh, I didn't realize that. Yeah, there's the Knights of Ren. Okay. Kylo Ren is like the lead knight of Ren. And they came from the kids that he was training? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Now was that was that did they talk about that explicitly in the movie and I just missed it or is that just it's it's a canon thing that okay. has been established okay but it's not like explicitly said then I took these I feel like kind of an idiot for not realizing that but now like, he that makes did, total sense. he did say that he took some of the uh, students with him and he killed the rest the ones he took with him became the Knights of Ren interesting yeah so those people he fight he's fighting at the end of the movie those are the the Jedi like apprentices that he took mm. with him. Yeah. Um, then the part of the movie, I think you are that you said you got the most emotional about is the death of Luke Skywalker. Um, I don't know if I said I got the most emotional about well, it. It definitely was an emotional moment. I actually got, the, I think I got the most emotional watching Kylo Ren, uh, turn twice. I think mm. the, the, there was, there was a moment, uh, where there were two moments, the moments when I thought, you know, Oh, he's he's coming back, and then the moment where I'm like, oh, I was wrong, where it tore me apart inside in some ways, where I was like, and I was really surprised by how invested I am in that character. Mm -hmm. If if you're asking me which character I'm most excited about seeing how their journey ends, easily Kylo it's Ren. Kylo Ren. Easily Kylo Ren. They've easily. set that up. They've set that up so beautiful. And yeah. maybe this is a little bit of an aside, but I'll go here now. Uh, man, it really feels like the Kylo Leia thing was supposed to be a big part of episode nine. And I'm so yeah. sad that because it really feels like episode seven was uh, Han's movie. Episode eight was Luke's movie and episode nine was supposed to be Leia's movie. Yeah. And I feel like it was all leading to a Kylo Leia, something Kylo Leia, where, you know, the only force left in the world that could turn him. I'm almost getting a little emotional. The yeah. only force left in the world that could really bring him back was his mom. Yeah. You know, like that's really powerful stuff. And now yeah. to know the added emotion, the added emotion that's actually causing tears with me right now yeah. is that she's gone, Yeah, you know, and there's just something really deep about that, you know, and that, that character and how, I don't know how they're going to handle it, but they, they had really set it up for 
something I think really beautiful. So I, I hope they can salvage that. Mm-hmm. And again, I don't know their plans. I don't know necessarily what they were planning on doing, but it just it's really set up beautifully. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I the whole fight scene with Kylo Ren and Luke Skywalker was great. Yeah. When he walks out and all those ships start shooting at him, and yeah. then he walks out and I'm like. At first, I'm thinking, oh, this is the Luke that I've always dreamed of seeing, the ultimate Jedi master. Yeah. And then when it's revealed that that's not him, and that he was... Was it a good reveal for you? It or? was a great reveal. Okay, I as, loved it, yeah. But as soon as he died from doing it, I hated it. Okay, you didn't think he should have died? I don't think died. he should have died there. But he didn't... Okay, so with Jedi's, my, my take on it was he was choosing to move on. Like, he was choosing to move to the next stage of of the Force... Now I know that when Jedi Presence. die, they kind of disappear. Uh, Obi Wan right, like did, did that Yoda the, did yeah, it, and yeah. he did it too. So it was like he knew he had done what yeah. he was supposed to do on this temporal plane, and it was time for him to move on. He saw his final binary sunset. Yeah, and he was ready. But um, another thing is, for me, it came out of nowhere. Like I didn't, okay. I didn't feel like they were building up to the death of Luke. Sure, like whenever Han died. That I, they were totally building up Han's about to die. And mm-hmm. I was preparing myself for, I'm about to lose Han Solo. I'm about to lose Han Solo. Yeah. With this, I'm like, wait, is Luke gone? Yeah. You can't just, he's the most iconic character besides so- Darth Vader. You can't just, poof, and he's gone. There has to be. Well, obviously you can. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I don't, I don't like the way that Luke went out. It, as cool as I like, do, I think it's so perfect. Uh, I don't know. I, I think th- you would have been better. You would have been better if he had been killed, like by Kylo. Like if that was an actual battle. Like if he, and he gave himself out. over, just like Obi Wan did to Anakin. I, I would have appreciated that more. I really see, would have. Again, Ryan Johnson is subverting your expectations there, right? Because we've seen this happen before with Anakin, and, and he's like, "Oh, it's actually a little different." I know? do. Uh, uh, I like how at at the same time, like you think that's how it's going to go, but at the same time. He's telling Kylo Ren, you're not going to win this one. You don't get me. Right. You've wanted me ever since that day. You don't get to get me. Right. It's like a final slap in the face. But at the same time, I'm thinking to myself, if Kylo Ren is on the cusp of possibly being turned back to the good, why would you twist that knife that because, much more? Because I think what he's doing in that moment, he's, he's finding the only way, and actually I think him becoming a force, what is it called, a force ghost? Yeah. Him becoming a force ghost directly after that happens <clears throat> is purposeful in that he is creating the best possible moment for Kylo Ren not to go deeper. So he doesn't get to kill Luke Skywalker because you know th- that would solidify something in him. In yeah. many ways, it actually is what Obi-Wan did, because um, I don't think Darth Vader killed Obi-Wan. I think Obi-Wan became a Force ghost before the blow was struck, right? Like, isn't that what we're what we're supposed to believe? I think. Okay, so anyways, I feel like he's doing an interestingly it was weird similar thing yeah. uh, here as well. I will say about that scene, there are so many things that I've looked back on and go, oh, I should have known. Like, like how he, he how was he, younger? How he got in there. You know, yeah. like all that stuff. Um, in the the one that in this, I didn't realize this. I heard somebody say this. His beard and hair are less white. I, I didn't even notice that. Oh, really? Um, the other thing I didn't notice, he doesn't make red footprints in the salt. I didn't notice that. I did notice that after all the explosions, he came out and there was no dust on him. Yeah. Did you notice that? No. And he was like, but yeah, the, but, but there, there was, was no dust. But there was no dust. <laughs> I'm like, oh, because he's not there. 
Uh, I thought that was very well handled. I thought that reveal was very well handled. And also, whenever he's fighting Kylo Ren, their lightsabers never actually hit it, hit one another. Right, he's, he's no. Just, he's just dodging. He's dodging, right, yeah. exactly. And nothing in my brain is going, hmm, why is he dodging? Like, it was just, I was in the moment. And so yeah. when the reveal happened, I was like, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. He pulled a little little bullet time, you know, <laughs> duck under the... That one, that bullet time duck, and then he does this weird twisting duck on one leg. Uh-huh. I'm like... That is amazing. This is the Luke I've wanted to see. But after all that, I'm not preparing myself to lose Luke. I'm preparing myself for Luke to get away. Yeah. Because whenever he like cuts through him and nothing happens, because at that moment, I was preparing myself to lose Luke. I'm like, right. okay, he's going to go right. out like Obi-Wan. I'm preparing myself. And then he doesn't. I'm like, oh, okay. And then he says Han's famous line, I'll see you around, kid, uh-huh. as a little jab to young Han Solo. And then... He just dies. I'm like, wait, wait, what? I I got emotional every time. Not extreme emotion, but I got a little emotional every time somebody called him Ben Solo. Like it's really, re- it's really interesting because you, there's just something. I don't know. Maybe it's being a parent. Maybe maybe the, maybe a lot of it has to do with you know this is somebody I love's kid. Mm-hmm. You know, and when they call him Ben Solo, it's like oh that's Han's kid. It's yeah. Leia's kid. You know, there's just something in me as a parent that I just there's there's a longing there, and I think I think that's it. I think that's why I get so emotional about that character. It's a parenting thing. Yeah, I could you know? see that. I could really see that because you never want to see your kids like go down a wrong path. Right. You, know, you yeah. want the best for them, and even you know like nephews and nieces, you know they're still family. You still want the best for them, and I think that this is obviously the penultimate example of a kid going wrong, and you just yeah hoping against all hope that you can fix something what would be the ultimate example if this is the penultimate uh i I was the i guess penultimate uh dang it you caught me Uh, (laughs) i I was supposed to be the ultimate example i thought you were seriously saying you had one that was because penultimate means the second yeah yeah, second yeah Yeah, yeah. but i meant to say ultimate but i accidentally said no i seriously thought that you had an ultimate more example of a kid going evil and i was i was ready to how about the omen (laughs) (laughs) there you go yeah the omen (laughs) There, there's a kid. There's the Literally, ultimate. That's the ultimate. Kylo is the pent ultimate. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Uh, I do want to talk about some other specific things. Yeah, yeah. There's so many moments in this movie. You liked Rose. Um, I loved Rose. Uh, the way her character is introduced, where she is all shucks, celebrity struck by Finn, mm-hmm. turning almost immediately to the moral center of, oh, wait, are, are you running away? I thought that was beautiful. The mm-hmm. fact that her sister was the incredible sacrificial person from the bombing run that we saw in the first scene. Yeah, something about si- that scene doesn't make sense to me, though. Okay, well, we can, I mean, we're in spoilers. We can talk about it. Do you want me to finish my Rose stuff and then Please. we'll talk about the yeah. first scene? But I'm glad that, it, that you mentioned it because it made me think of this. But yeah. uh, I was planning to go to that scene anyway because I think it's one of the most spectacular, I think it is the most spectacular war scene. Uh, I'm trying to think of Rogue One if there's anything in Rogue One that approaches it. I, the <laughs> tactics in the understanding of that first scene, and mm-hmm. here I am already talking about it, yeah. kind of blew my mind. Back to back to Rose. So she's already set up as it's pretty incredible, efficient storytelling on their part to have this character mean so much so quickly. We already know her immediate backstory, what she's immediately dealing with with her sister's death. Mm-hmm. We know she idolizes the rebellion and at the same time has a moral center to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. So she already is having this beautiful storyline with Finn of, oh, I look up to you, you're the celebrity. And then by the end, 
she's the one teaching him about what it means to have that moral center and what yeah. it means to be that person. She has the best line in the entire movie, in my opinion, which is we um, we shouldn't fight what we hate. We should save what we love. Yeah, I do like that. I thought that was, and if anything sums up the movie for me, it's mm-hmm. that moment uh, where she's telling him that after almost sacrificing you know, her life to keep him from making a terrible mistake. Uh, which was all tied into Poe's lesson, which he's learning, you know, this entire time. Um, that I thought it was beautiful when she kissed him, because there's this moment where we expect a movie kiss to be this, you know, grand thing. <laughs> where, yeah, because he is not seeing it that way. Like yeah. he, he, you know, but she is like in that moment. She's like, I want to express myself in this way. Yeah, and I think it clicks him in a little bit where he's like, Oh, you like like me because he's focused on ray let's be honest like you know he's got his eyes on ray so i find that it's an interesting type of love triangle that almost isn't a love triangle yet but i I don't know i found all that stuff really great with their relationship i hope this doesn't come across the wrong way and the way i'm going to phrase it i don't think there's any other way i can say it without somebody being offended so (laughs) Uh, uh, I'm apologizing in advance, but I appreciate how Rose isn't physically, you know, what you'd expect from right? a... No, that's great. Yeah, she... Because you always... If you think of, like, Wonder Woman or even Ray, you know, they're fit, they're strong. She's kind of short and a little pudgy, but it's... That's not what matters whenever you want that. You want somebody who is... Going all in, it doesn't matter. I will. will She's a human being. She's a human being, and I really appreciated that about her. I hope that that like. And she's beautiful, and she's healthy. Oh, she totally is. You know, I just yeah, absolutely. And in the same way, it's it's saying that about physical stature. It's also saying things about people of color. Uh, It's a very diverse cast, which I really appreciated. You know, there are a lot of faces up there that people not like me can now identify with in the Star Wars universe. Yeah. I think that's beautiful. Um, so, yeah, I, I really appreciated a lot about about that storyline. Uh, the bombing run. Yeah, go ahead. What I had an issue with is whenever they open up the hangars to drop the bombs, shouldn't everybody in that ship get sucked out through that hole? Possibly. I don't know. I was it depends that, on if there's like a like a atmospheric force field. Like some ships they'll talk about have. Yeah, but then the bombs shouldn't be able to drop. Well, it, again, it depends on the technology. I don't know. I don't know. I was going to say future technology. But I'm going to correct myself. It's a long, long time ago. Uh, past technology. I don't understand past technology. past technology from a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. Uh, uh, but yeah, no, that's that's. I mean, that's a valid kind of cinema sin type, you know, kind of thing. Yeah, to think I was about. thinking like her, uh, her sister should be getting sucked out right now. And uh, but from besides that little nitpick, yeah, that opening scene with the dreadnought showing up, this really cool star destroyer thing. Um, and setting up Poe's like whole character thing of yeah. just being the the great pilot who wants to, you know, have the great moment instead of really thinking big picture and overall. Yeah, of the lives that will be lost mm-hmm. by his hubris. And-, and even in succeeding, he fails. Yeah. Which I just, again, is that subversion thing that Ryan's doing through the whole movie where it's like, we're set to celebrate this bringing, you know, I think you have visions of bringing down the Star Destroyer in whichever whichever the originals. Was that Empire where they brought down the Star Destroyer? I can't uh- remember. Um, but anyway, so you're, you're thinking, oh, the celebration, they're bringing down a huge ship. And then, yeah. then Ryan goes, yeah, but actually is that what's important? Yeah. And all the people that were lost. Yeah. And so, man, and the design of those bombing ships I thought was incredible. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I really enjoyed that scene. Now, I don't know if this is breaking Star Wars rules or not. I'd have to rewatch Rogue One. 
In Rogue One, did they ever use light speed to go through something? No, nobody's ever done that before, but haven't you thought about that? I thought that in Rogue One they went through the planet to, while it was being shot by the Death Star. Did oh, they no, not? I don't think you can do that. Okay. No. Because you, in this movie, Laura Dern takes her ship in light speed Boy, through that dreadnought. Yeah, because um, there was the plan the whole time that we didn't know right. was in motion. Mm-hmm. And uh, you're thinking, man, Laura Dern, why are you doing this? Right. You're just, you're just wasting fuel. And that's another part about the movie. I don't know if I appreciate it as much. Maybe if I came at it from a different perspective, but the whole being chased by the dreadnought while it's shooting you in the butt sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, uh, still. They explained uh, it all right, though, they, right? They explained it, and I understood why they were doing it. It just didn't. I never got a sense personally of like, oh, they're running out of fuel. They're about to die. Like, you didn't? I, I never felt. I'm like, yeah, they're just they're just driving all the things chasing them. I oh, I did. I thought they talked about that quite a few times. I know they. I I never felt a sense of dread or urgency. terror or urgency for those people though. Mm. I'm like, eh, yeah, maybe you should just leave the casino planet. It's a beautiful another one of those subversions where Poe is supposed to be our hero and he's taking over because it's the right thing to do when the you know, with wrong. incompetent leadership and then here comes that twist from Ryan. Like, no, actually, Poof. actually, the leader was had a plan all along and you know sometimes you you have to be the you know the right person and of course Poe learns it and then at the end. Decides not to drive straight into that, you know, giant cannon that they were getting ready to fire and pulls people away. Okay, here's the thing. What those sand ship things that like have to be drug on the ground, yeah. you know, A, bad design. B <laughs> certainly in a world where you can, you know, have a dreadnought fly. that flies. <laughs> yeah. B, they didn't have guns on them. What were they hoping to accomplish? Yeah. I don't know. Flying out there to spit at it? Was it a kamikaze run? And if it was a kamikaze run, why did Rose stop Finn from going in there if it was a kamikaze run? It wasn't run? a kamikaze run. I think they were trying to uh, to find a way to scramble those actual people and take out the people so that then the the thing wouldn't, you know. So they're they're trying to make the, you know, they're trying to bring down the the Adats and on Hoth. You know, you know what I mean? Like there's they're against all odds. Again, a typical Star Wars thing that's subverted here. Uh, so yeah, I think um, I think that's that's basically what they're doing. Is there anything in the chat that people are asking us to talk about? I, I just want to make sure. I haven't seen anything recently. I am paying attention. So okay, if you, if I can't, you have I can't a, really see it from over here. So if you do have a, a segment angle. of the movie uh, in the live chat that you you want us to talk spoilers about, uh, we're more than uh, willing to do that. Uh, there's just so much. Uh, you, you know, the moment when uh, um, Ray grabs Kylo's lightsaber in their battle, I thought was really powerful. You know, she's holding this lightsaber that has kind of been the embodiment of evil at the yeah. same time. And then you're realizing, oh, OK, well, maybe that's the balance they're talking about. And um, the the way the force was explained in this movie, I found really beautiful about the balance and, you know, that it's not, uh, you know, a, a fight against good and evil. It's a fight to exist and uh, do good in a world where good and evil both exist, yeah. which is, you know, kind of a different perspective. So I enjoyed that, too. Uh, I just thought of another scene that I actually really loved, and it was a Luke scene. Um, it's Luke and Ray whenever he's exp- whenever she's like in the Force mind, and he's like, "There's beauty in the world, and there's balance," you know. And yeah, then, that's what I'm talking and about. And then yeah, they yeah. see that pit, and he's like, "You went in that pit without hesitation. There is no way I'm training you." Yeah, I've only seen that kind of power once before, and it was in Kylo Ren. And in that moment, I'm thinking, "What if Ray goes to the dark side?" Yep. And because there was that part whenever she's fighting Luke 
And I'm thinking, is this the moment? Is this going to be another major twist where Rey is either going to be a, a gray well, Jedi or a Sith? Certainly that's kind of what it's it's talking about. I mean, you know, that yeah. mirror scene, which was shot so interestingly, where... Uh, yeah, and it would come around. Yeah. Like, it wasn't just... Yeah, I, I thought that was that was kind of mind... It was very Escher-esque. You yeah. know, it was kind of mind-blowing. Um, but yeah, that... Oh, MC Escher. I love that. Somebody in the chat uh, mentioned uh, Luke and Leia's moment, how poignant it, it was, consider, you know, considering Carrie's passing. I mm-hmm. did find it really interesting, some of the conversations she was having with people that felt... You know, like like she Goodbyes. knew she was yeah, saying goodbye. Like it was, and I guess that's part of the plot. You know, so yeah. it does make a little bit of sense. But um, but it was very powerful. It it is the thing I'm I'm saddest about. I, I guess that's not a surprise. But I just you know I, I'm very sad that she's not with us for many reasons. Uh, yeah. Not just the story reasons, but you know those those are the reasons I know as a movie watcher. You know, I don't know Carrie Fisher personally, even though I exactly. feel like I do. Um. But, you well, know, she's been a part of my life ever for as long as I can remember, you know? Yeah. And uh, not personally, but no, she's had an effect on my life. Yeah. So in that sense, I greatly miss her. So uh, Somebody's asking about Phasma, about the Finn-Phasma face-off. I think Phasma was one of the most underused characters. I would agree with that. I, like, I thought their I thought their scene was fine. Like, I, I really thought they paid it off, but there wasn't a lot to pay off. Yeah, that's an underused character, kind of like Boba Fett. Maybe Phasma will go down like Boba Fett, a character that you don't see a lot of, but people just but was cool really to have there. That are like, man, that's a cool character, you know. Yeah. So I think Phasma might go down the Fett, the Fett highway of just cool underused characters. Oh, here's another moment that got me when Luke was Luke was like, "I'm never going, I'm never leaving," and R two had just woken up and played Leia's message. Oh yeah. And Luke was like, "That's not fair." I was yeah. like, "Wow!" Like, because you could feel, like, you could feel the power in it, you know, that that mm-hmm. that meant something to him. So, it just the movie has so many moments. I just, I'm really excited to go see it again. I'm hoping to to go from our recording here and go see it again. So, also, uh, they really made BB-8 more of just a prop comic in this one than they did in uh, Force Awakens because he kind of, you know, he, he was kind of that in Force Awakens a too, little though. bit, but I think they cranked it up with this one, like how. You know, he keeps plugging something in, then a spark shows oh, yeah, up out I of nowhere. For, I've forgotten about that. And then whenever that was in the first battle scene, that wasn't was in it? the very first battle scene. And then in the casino, when he starts shooting coins, that you know, mm-hmm. it's very R two though, right? Like I think it's a little more silly than R two. R two was pretty silly in those original movies. Yeah, he would yeah. do the same kind of things. You know, he'd get electrocuted and have the you know the R two electrocution noise. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, that's the one. That's the one. You know, so. I think there's there's definitely R2 DNA in there. I do want people to know, and I've said this in the podcast proper, but I am excited to see it again with this new perspective, this conversation, because there are yeah. parts of this movie, like you said at the very beginning of the spoiler cast, that maybe we could change each other's minds or maybe we can explain something. And there are parts of this where I'm saying, maybe that now that you said that, I appreciate it in a different light. So maybe I don't quite hate or dislike the movie as much as I do did i'm telling you there's there's a there's a book um called who moved my cheese have you ever heard of this book it's a it's a business book and basically the idea is that when they're studying i think rats or whatever Mm -hmm. the rats would get really frustrated if they had learned a pattern and then somebody would put the cheese at a different place in the maze Mm -hmm. and and humans are very much like that we don't change is very difficult for most of us 
Um, and so anytime somebody goes into something that you love and want to be a certain way and they say, that's not, that's not what I'm interested in making it. Mm -hmm. It's going to be annoying. It's going to be frustrating. I I totally get the, like the anger and the frustration. Um, I don't hear a lot. I've heard maybe just a, just a little bit, but I don't hear a lot of people saying, oh, that movie was made poorly. What I hear, what I hear the most of is, oh, you don't get Star Wars. You don't understand what Star Wars really means. Like that's what I hear the most of, and yeah. I and I think that is a completely valid response to a director going, "Here's the Star Wars movie that I've decided to make. Uh, I'm going to emphasize different things than than what you know you like." And you know, I, I the, for me, for whatever reason, I guess I'm more open to enjoying that kind of thing. But um, but yeah, I I I'm excited to see long term what people think about this movie and i hope my hope is and again it's a hope because i want people to love everything like it's it's so much more fun to enjoy something right than not enjoy it yeah my hope is that we don't get locked into our initial and i'm not talking about you andrew i'm talking about people in general that we don't get locked into our initial negative views whether it's on star wars or something else not to rob ourselves of an eventual experience that we might enjoy yeah and but i will say at the same time just because all the critics and stuff are praising this movie, I'm not going to change my opinions or feelings on this movie based solely on that. If I do change my feelings on this movie, it's going to be my own choice. Absolutely, because, that's how it should be. Yeah, because I don't want people to think, oh, it, hypothetically, say I came back and I, I get it now, it's great. I don't want people to think, oh, he's just saying that because everybody else in the world no, likes it. No, If I, I do change my mind, it's going to be because I'm coming at it from a new perspective and a new... Tr- uh, new hopeful appreciation for what they were trying to do. A new hope. Basically. A new hope. Yeah. A new hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope. I hope you have that new hope. Yeah. Uh, Henry says in the chat, "Love how respectful you guys are to each other. People in the internet are so toxic. Refreshing to hear civilized people talk." Well, that's the best way to do well, it. Well, Aaron's sitting in front of me, so I can't bash on him with pure anonymity. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Aaron has a lightsaber up to my jugular. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. making me <laughs> making me say these things. No, nope. I don't have any anonymity to protect me as the internet does, and that's the problem with the internet, right there. Anonymity, yeah. anonymity, and animosity. And, it's all the anus. and anemones. 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 Yeah, with Franz like these, who needs anemones? Exactly. <laughs> Maybe that's why he was named Anakin, because it's all the Anna. Yeah. Anonymity, 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 Anakin. See, that's how it all works. There you go. There are the spoilers, guys. Uh, we'll be back to uh, talk more stuff next week, uh, depending on if we do a full movie. Uh, holidays are always a little weird, uh, so I'm trying to get kind of our schedule set for over the holiday season. But we'll be chatting something on Sif Pop next week, and uh, we'll see you then. Thanks. Bye. Swimsuit? Check. Sunscreen? Check. Phone charger? Check. Don't forget to pack the 5-Hour Energy. It fits great in a pocket or carry-on, and the alert feeling will help you arrive ready for anything. Now get 20% off when you use code 5HETRAVEL at 5HourEnergy.com. Expires April 30th. One-time use only. Not valid with other discounts. Remember, visit 5HourEnergy.com and use code 5HETRAVEL to save 20%. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply. 